Welcome to the What Do We Call This podcast. We're Alexa and Michelle, two friends in their 20s navigating adulthood, relationships, and the highs and lows of every stage of life. From getting laid off from a job to breaking down the latest reality TV show episode, each week you'll be ready for more awkward, raw, candid content. Let's get into it. Welcome back to episode three of the What Do We Call This podcast. Today we're going to be chatting about being a bridesmaid. Um... Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here. I feel very passionately about this topic. I was just going to say, like, warning, we're about to go off. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, okay, first disclaimer, this doesn't necessarily apply to every wedding I've been in, but it probably does. <laughs> and I will say, Michelle, your wedding was, like, the easiest to be a bridesmaid for out of all the weddings I've been in. So like this actually for me. Yeah. Great job. Um, This actually pretty much does not apply to you. What I'm about to go off on. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like, um, and we'll get into this in a second, but I feel like the, we do have a little bit of experience to speak on this subject because I, Michelle, have been married and Alexa has been in a handful of weddings and I've also been in a couple of weddings myself. But before we get into that, should we do the highs and lows now? Yeah, let's go for it. We had quite the weekend. Oh my gosh. Okay. So if you follow either of us on Instagram, you've probably seen our photos from Costa Rica. Pura Vida. Pura Vida. (laughs) We went with a travel group called Here and Now Travel and Michelle actually found them on TikTok, which just goes to show how TikTok marketing. So millennial of me. So millennial. And so she saw a TikTok of them. She was like, hey, check out this website. Let's look at their trips. Literally the next day we booked Costa Rica. (laughs) Was it actually the next day? Because I've been telling people that and I'm like, I don't know if it literally was the next day, but it feels like it certainly was. It was either one or two days after. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, you just could not beat the price. It was great. Yeah. And so I highly recommend checking out their website here and now travel.com. But um, we just got back. Uh, Michelle got back Monday. I was traveling until yesterday, Tuesday. So we're recording this a week in advance. Um, but yeah, so many highs, like, oh my God, what an experience. I don't even know where to begin. I recapped a lot of it on my Instagram, but I would say my high of the trip was probably zip lining through the middle of the jungle. And then like right after we got done ziplining, we saw a sloth in the wild. And I was like, I don't know how this day could get any better. It was incredible. Okay. But what was your low from the trip? Uh, I mean, it's hard to complain after a trip like that. Like we really did meet so many amazing people. So shout out to our group. Um, it was such an experience, but I would have to say my low is a tie between the 100 bug bites I have all over my body or the, all right, let me put this into perspective. I took five spirit flights. Um, well, I took four on the way home. I sat in front of a crying baby on every single one. And (laughs) I understand the parent's typically can't do anything about it. But when you're sleep deprived and your body's hurting and you have two and a half days of travel and it's either a screaming child or like Coco Melon blasting on an iPad into your ear, it's really, (laughs) it's really a lot. Okay. I feel like I could easily do a whole episode on plane etiquette because I fly so much. And honestly, so many people should be required to take a plane etiquette class before. (laughs) Alexa and I had this conversation, like you can't really do anything about crying and whatnot. Like they've got needs. We understand that. But if the baby is like kicking the seat in front of you, you most certainly can do something about that or at least minimize the amount of kicking. Yeah. Well, and not to mention the full grown adults that don't have children that don't know plane etiquette, like people taking off their shoes on a plane. That is what? Oh, yeah. Someone fully had their shoes and socks off. I was like, 
are you out of your mind? Um, yeah, that was a lot. The people who stand up as soon as the plane lands and make their way through the aisle. And I'm like, wait, you're trying. Okay. Okay. I have a retaliation to that because I have done that one time in my life. And it was because I had to, the, the first flight was running late and I had to make a connection in Atlanta. If you've ever been there, that's so stressful to make a really short connection. And so I, we landed and we were boarding like at the time that I had landed the plane. So I had to stand up and like try and make my way to up to the front of the plane. So I was sitting way in the back. And so I stood up immediately and was like, excuse me, and was like trying to walk through people. Um, yeah. So I was that, that asshole for one flight in my life. Oh, I've totally but done other that. Other than that, like I don't. So when I see people stand up and they look like they're in a hurry, I'm like, well, they could try to be making a connection or whatever. Yeah. And if so, tell me you have a connection. I will clear the plane for you. Like we've all been there. I think, um, that is stressful, but like, if you're just trying to be an asshole and get out and get in front of everyone and you're in 26 B, like just, you know, slow your roll. Hold on. Yeah. Sometimes I will stand up if I have an ILC because, um, like my back is hurting or whatever, but I'm not like rushing. I'm not like trying to exit before other rows. Like I'm waiting until it comes to my row. Yeah, like anyways, I stood up up (laughs) and like stretched my legs, but that's it. Okay, anyways, so yeah, my low was probably the all the babies, all the babies. I'm sorry, I'm just not not a fan right now. Right. (laughs) What were yours? So, um, my high for the trip was visiting the organic (laughs) farm. Just beyond on brand for her. We visited a organic farm there that grew dragon fruits, pineapple, rice, sugar cane, coffee beans. The list goes on. It was like a dream come true for me because I just am so obsessed with like healthy eating and whatnot, which you'll probably learn the more that you listen to this. So it was just great. I loved it so much. Um, then the low, I probably have 50 plus bug bites on my legs right now that I'm like dying to get rid of. They're so itchy. They've been keeping me up at night. Um, but it was worth it. It was totally worth it. I would totally totally go back there, but I don't, I want to know how the Costa Rican people live with all these bug bites. Like, is their body just used to it? And it, and it like, repels the bugs or I'm they sure just like through- perpetually having bug bites and they just don't care. I'm sure through like evolution, their blood has just made them resistant to bug bites because I didn't see anyone else at Jean like we were. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You're right. So our tour guides were locals. Um, it was a couple that was local there and they did not have any bug bites. Like I, I mean, maybe they like one, but I never saw them itching their legs. So there's no way. So it's, it's probably just us Americans. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But again, worth it. Shout out to our Costa Rican group. Pura Vida. Yes. It was amazing. Pura Vida. And shout out to our tour guides. They were freaking amazing. Yeah. I was going to say, if you want to see more, head to our Instagrams. I have a whole highlight on it. So Mm -hmm. totally, totally recommend going to Costa Rica. And I've been to a bunch of different countries and I've loved like almost all of them. And a lot of them I'm like, yeah, this is cool to like go see once, you know, whatever. But with Costa Rica, I would totally go back. Like I really would. I'm most likely not, but I would totally go back. Agreed. Um, okay. Well, one of the reasons I had money to go to Costa Rica kind of on a whim was because I am not in any weddings this year and it is blissful. Let me tell you, I've, I've had like four years in a row now where I've been in at least one wedding a year, um, sometimes two. And wow, does it drain your bank account? I mean, you can relate this year. Yeah. Um, well, I've only I was only in one wedding this year, but I got invited to three bachelorette trips and three bridal showers, which oh. is a lot for one year. Yeah. Um, okay, so I've been in two weddings in the bridal party thus far in my life. The first one was my sister's um, way back in like 2015, and then the second one was this year, um, which was a good friend of mine, and they were both like drastically different. I was going to say, I want, I want to hear incredibly different. 
Yeah. So I want to hear how they've evolved from bachelorette parties in 2015 to 2022. Yeah. So I will preface this by saying like my sister and I are both maybe like more of like a non-traditional bride of what you think of in today's world. So um, when I did get married in 2018, 19, 19. Okay. (laughs) You know, Okay. So in 2019, people were starting to do like the, I feel like the travel for bachelor parties was like really starting to kind of ramp up then. Um, but still not like, I feel like in the last like two or three years, it's gotten really out of hand. Um, but in 2015, when my sister got married, that was not a thing to do destination bachelorette parties. Really? I mean, we did go somewhere outside of Cincinnati, but it was within driving distance and we only stayed for one night. So I feel like that was kind of what the norm was. So it used to be like way back, like 10 years ago, used to just be bachelorette parties in the hometown maybe, but you would do like a night out on the town. And then it started to evolve into like one night somewhere else, like, you know, driving distance. Um, And then it was a weekend driving distance. And now it's a weekend plus flights and sometimes even like four or five days away and it's a flight somewhere. So now it's just kind of crazy. So luckily um, that first party that I was in was just driving distance. So my sister's was like somewhere in Kentucky. I can't remember now, but we drove there for the night and it was uh, a house that was like on a winery um, what, what do you call it? Vineyard? Vineyard? <laughs> Blank. I was going to say a winery village. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> but it was really fun. We just hung out for the night. We went to the winery and then we had masseuses come in and give us massages. Ooh. Then we left the next day. It was like super chill, lovely, awesome. Um, See, at this point in my life, that sounds like the ideal oh, it party was to be great. a part of. Yeah. yeah, I loved it. Um, and then mine in 2019, we went to Michigan. So the goal with my party was, uh, like nine, nine out of the 10 people. I don't even know how many people were there. I think it was 10, nine out of the 10 people lived up in the Midwest at the time. So I wanted to have the party be in the Midwest so everybody could drive. And so nobody would have to fly. So only, unfortunately our friend, uh, Ruby did have to fly props to Ruby for coming to my bachelorette party. But, um, yeah, so I tried to make it like as cheap as possible for people because I didn't want it to be super stressful for people to have to worry about paying for flights. Um, so I had to fly because I was living in New Orleans and then my friend had to fly, but everybody else could drive. Um, so I think the furthest driving distance was uh, five and a half hours to get there. And they all did like a carpool. Were you in the Cincinnati car with us? Yeah, we just took a van and we split it all and it, it was a breeze. I mean, it was actually very fun driving with everyone. Yeah. So we went up to New Buffalo, Michigan, if you're aware of that area, which is about an hour north of, or an hour east north of Chicago. <laughs> I don't know how to describe it. It's, it's in Michigan Northeast? on the lake. <laughs> well, I don't really know if it's north. I feel like they're kind of like equal. I don't know. You got to go like down and around the water. Anyways, it's on the lake. Whatever, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we did we did like a winery day, and we did a beach day, and overall, I just feel like it was really calm and chill. Very chill. But, we spent a lot of time at the Airbnb, which was a blast. Um, it was a really good group of girls. We had a great time. It it was one of my favorite ones I've ever been on. Yeah, and I'm not I had just a lot saying because you're right here. <laughs> yeah. No, I I had a lot of fun of mine and the goal was to just make it like as least stressful for people as possible. So hopefully that was achieved. But um, I will say moving on ever since that, and I was one of the first people to get married really in our friend group. So I didn't exactly know like the extent to what people are doing nowadays for bachelorette trips and whatnot. Um, like I had seen a few people that I knew of that were going to like Austin and California and stuff like that. But I just knew that I just wanted to keep it a little bit more low key. I'm also somebody who doesn't really like the attention on me. So keep that in mind. 
Yeah. And yours was the second bachelorette party I had gone on the year prior in 2018. I was in my cousin's wedding and we live in Ohio. I live in Columbus. So we actually did a cabin in Hawking Hills and Hawking Hills is about 45 minutes from where I live. Um, it was super low key, like sweatpants, no makeup the whole weekend. And it was a blast. We had such a great time. We played a bunch of like the typical bachelorette games, like pin the penis on the hunk. <laughs> All that. <laughs> My sister made penis cupcakes. It was great. Um, so oh that gosh, was your, a really, your sister makes the best sweets, by the way. Like she if, she, if you're listening, Caroline, you need to open your own bakery. Okay? I support it. <laughs> You've got fans already. Uh, yes. but. Yeah. So it was very reasonably priced, um, within driving distance for everyone again. And that, I mean, I feel like going into it, knowing that I'm not dishing out several thousand dollars for two days somewhere that is not really my choice to go to makes me have more fun. (laughs) Yeah. It just makes you happier, you know? Yeah. So not to mention the stress of flying in general, like it does stress a lot of people out to like get to the airport on time. And then the whole travel day, you're just so exhausted because you got up at 6am and then you didn't get to your Airbnb until like 5pm. It's like a 12 hour travel time for you. Yeah. So I've been in a few wedding parties where I've had to fly and I, first of all, here's how petty I am. And you know this, but a lot of people don't. I keep a spreadsheet for every wedding that I'm in with every detail of what I spend from the minute this person gets engaged and their engagement gift to the minute the wedding is over. Like I track all of it. I feel like that, of course, that is a little bit petty, but I do feel like it's a good information to know just so you kind of have like an average of what it costs to be a bridesmaid so you can tell other people. Yeah. Or at least like have some information to provide for other people who are curious about it or like, you know, wanting to plan their own wedding and curious about how much bridesmaids are spending so that they know like, okay, I can't be ridiculous and do a freaking bachelorette trip to like Cabo or whatever. Yeah. And also for me, it's a way to one gauge if I agree to be in another wedding, how much am I likely going to spend? Mm-hmm. Um, also, Wait, when I'm it- curious, is the trend like going up every year? Uh, yeah, definitely. How many weddings have you been in now? Four. Five, technically. One when I was 13 and I had never met the bride, but that might be a story for Okay. (laughs) That probably doesn't count. No. And luckily I didn't pay for anything when you were 13. No, but my my parents dished out thousands because it was so extravagant, but we'll, uh, we'll move on from that. But yeah, so the, the cost is, I mean, from 2021, was my most recent bachelorette party that was by far the most I've spent um, in a wedding. And it stresses me out to talk about because (laughs) we spent three days and two nights in a city and I spent pretty much, I, I spent over what I spent for this Costa Rica trip for that bachelorette party. Wow. Yeah, and it pains me to talk about because um it just it like it would not have been obviously it's not my choice to go with this particular group of people. Um a lot of times on bachelorette parties too, there are a lot of personalities and for someone who is surprisingly I'm kind of an introvert and you definitely are too, but having the multiple personalities and all that dynamic and all that estrogen in one place for several days can be a lot to handle. So it gets very overwhelming at times. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, I think the the two that I went on this year were the group of people was really great though. And we got along really well. Um, but I mean, yeah, that's always a toss up. Like, are you going to get along with the other people that you don't know and you're meeting for the first time here? Um, obviously like you're doing what you can 
right? But there's usually if you have like a bunch of strong personalities in in the group together and you've got a lot of opinions going on of like what things you should be doing, it gets a little rough. Yeah. And there have been a few trips where like it might have been a smaller group, like nine or 10 girls, but I felt like there were such strong personalities. I barely even talked to the bride on the trip. Mm-hmm. So it, it, like that was a little difficult for me to navigate. Also, the activities have gotten so out of control. Like you have to have a personal chef or do a boat excursion and run a boat for a day. And then you go out on a party bus or a limo. And then you do like, like off-roading somewhere. And then like and then you do every massages. Then you, and then do, you massages. do facials. It's yeah. like never and then ending. You, you go out to all these dinners and I'm like, holy shit. I would never ever spend this much money on a weekend that I planned mm-hmm. for myself. So like one bachelorette party, I spent $1,500 on a weekend. Like that is insane to me. And yeah, I, I just think sometimes like the brides, I mean, I know they're not really planning it. It's usually the maid of honor, but they're just not even aware of it. So that's why I keep the spreadsheet because when my turn comes, you bitches can't complain. Like I have the receipts. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It, it's been a lot. Yeah, I think the the activities are getting so out of hand, I will say. Like you're already spending money to fly somewhere else and who knows like I mean maybe you got a cheap flight for, you know, 150 bucks, but maybe some of the other people didn't. They spent, you know, 400 500 to fly to wherever mm-hmm. this location is and then you know, then they're getting there and having to spend an additional $500 on activities. It's just getting a little absurd personally. And I feel bad because I know that the bride wants to have an awesome experience and do all these fun things. And like, I felt the same way, obviously, like we had a limo for, for mine, for the winery. Um, that was was the the only thing, right? That was the only activity really we did. We went out to dinner one night. I think we cooked another night. Um, but I mean, the biggest expense was probably the limo and the winery and it really was extremely reasonable. So it wasn't, it wasn't like we rented a yacht one day and then did the winery the next and then got massages and then got (laughs) what, you know, like, yeah, it was, uh, I don't don't understand where this private chef, um, trend came from because they are not cheap at all. Like easily a hundred dollars minimum per person for one meal. At least that's what I was finding when I was doing research on this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there are places where it's cheaper, but I just, I don't know. And I get the concept, right? Like it's awesome to have somebody else come in and cook for you. But if you're spending that much money, then just go to a restaurant. Like why do you need somebody to come in and cook for you? (laughs) And then like, they always say you can say no to activities, but you really can't on a bachelorette Mm -hmm. party. Like, what am yeah, I going to go? Be that my- one person. It's like, well, see you guys after dinner. Right. Like, I'm going to go make myself some mac and cheese. You guys, let me know how yeah. this personal chef is. Right. So, I, I think like something that people really need to consider is before you invite people on a bachelorette party, like give them a price breakdown of mm-hmm. what to expect. What activities do you have in mind, especially if you're related to the maid of honor or very close and you guys have things set in your mind already. Like, yeah, I, just I feel like there's there. a lot of like last minute things like a couple weeks before, like, Hey, do you guys want to rent this boat for this? Trip? Totally. Like, it, will, it will only be a hundred dollars a person. And I'm like, uh, and then everybody else is texting. Yeah. Sounds great. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I guess I'm like, doing this. Well, I already agreed to the trip. What am I going to sit at the Airbnb while everyone goes mm-hmm. on the boat? Yeah. So you really get looped into so many things that you didn't plan for originally. You know, I think we both are like planners, like when we like pretty far out in advance. Like if you asked me, if you got engaged and you asked me to be your bridesmaid, I would immediately be like, okay, I'm ready for this. <laughs> and then I would start planning the bachelorette trip and like doing a cost breakdown and everything, writing it out in a spreadsheet, making a detailed itinerary in a Google mm-hmm. doc, but making it really cute and aesthetically pleasing as well. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you know, the, uh, some of the other ones that I have been on, they're just like, Oh, like just show up and we'll see what happens kind of thing. And then that's where you run into oh my God. the unexpected costs, you know, like oh, not that- really knowing what you're doing. 
I had PTSD from one bachelorette party I was on where the maid of honor arrived. I want to say at 12 o'clock to this destination and I won't say where, but I'm sure anyone who knows me can figure out which uh, bachelorette party I'm talking about. But the maid of honor arrived early and the rest of us got to the Airbnb around 10 PM. We get to the Airbnb. There is not one food item. There's not one decoration. Like nothing is ready. And the bride was understandably very upset because what the fuck was the maid of honor doing all day? Like, and then it, I mean, it just set off a terrible tone for the rest of the weekend. We later found out that the maid of honor was pocketing all of our money and then telling telling her parents that no one paid so that her parents contributed. Um, Wow. Yeah. It was really, I'm actually curious. Like what was she doing sitting, like just sitting there all day taking a nap? I don't know. And so like when that happens, I felt the need to take over. So me and another member of the group drive to a grocery store, which is like 25 minutes away. I don't know where I am. I had never been to the city before really. And Got groceries, got everything ready. Like I woke up and cooked breakfast for everyone the next day. And then the bride was still upset that there were no like games, no decorations. So Mm -hmm. I drove an hour and 15 minutes into town to a mall to go to Spencer's and spend another several hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. And like it just, I missed half a day trying to get all this ready when Really, it wasn't even my job, technically. It should have been the maid of honor. And it was just in this wedding. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, so uh, those costs added up real quick. And then when you have to fly for a bachelorette party and then you're flying for the wedding and then you're buying a $400 dress and spending $150 on hair and makeup, it just, it's a lot to ask people to be a part of your wedding. Yeah. And I feel like, guy, um, bachelor parties are so much less intense as well because usually they are a destination place as well that people are most likely flying to, but they're not, you know, getting a private chef and like all this other bougie like decor that, you know, bachelorette <laughs> parties want. Like, you know, people want freaking balloon arches now these days that take like two hours to to assemble right and all of these like floaties and then they want you know like the penis straws and the custom koozies and like literally the list goes on a bachelor party you might get like a koozie and that's it but otherwise they're not decorating the house they're not spending hundreds of dollars on decor they're not they buying might be doing that- yeah they're not buying matching <laughs> outfits like no way like the bachelor's not wearing white clothes <laughs> Can you imagine? (laughs) Half my closet is full of things I've bought for bachelorette themes. Like, wigs never wear again. Not to mention the four, like, extravagant bridesmaid gowns I have hanging. And I'm like, oh, well, that's $2,000 just sitting there. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. On, like, PSA, like, please just stop with the random obscure outfits that we have to wear for the matching theme or whatever. Like I'm totally fine with wearing like an all black outfit to go out in. Cause everybody mm-hmm. has black clothes or like a black bathing suit. But yeah. um, yeah, the weird, the really like weird outfits, I guess. And I don't really have a great example. I mean, well, well now it's like Friday night we're doing disco cowgirl themed and yeah. Saturday night we're doing all pink and the bride wears white. And then Sunday night we're doing something else. Yeah. Like crazy yeah, like, and extravagant. Jesus Christ, dude. We don't need to have matching outfits every single day. Yeah. I don't know. It's get, it's getting absurd. It really is. But um, yeah. But yeah, ba- bachelor parties, you know, they just go on the trip and they might do something fun like paintballing or golfing or whatever. But overall, the weekend for them, I feel like is pretty relaxing. Unless they're yeah. like a weird bachelor who wants to go to Vegas. Like if you want to go to Vegas, then you're weird to me. But I mean, don't ever invite me on a bachelorette party to Vegas. Like, no, I'm not going. God, no, God, no. I'll just tell you right I now. Mean, I actually really like Vegas, but I can only imagine how expensive it would be because they would want to get a table mm-hmm. at one of the clubs, and that would probably be like three hundred dollars a person. Like, I can't even imagine. But if if you're thinking of Vegas, don't invite me. <laughs> well, and here's the other thing that I want to bring up now, which. 
I just realized that this might not be normal for a lot of bachelorette parties, bridal parties, but almost all of the ones I've been in, the bride doesn't pay for anything. So Mm -hmm. we all split the cost of her flight, her Airbnb portion, her food, like her drinks, her everything, every activity. The bride doesn't spend a dime. And to me, that can kind of not really be fair because like, I'm not choosing to fly to some obscure Mm -hmm. city to have this balling out bougie party. And now I have to pay for your part too. Like that is kind of crazy. And we were in a group chat, you, me and Ruby and someone brought up like, Oh, now I have to split the decorations for the bride. And I'm like, yeah. And you two were Mm -hmm. like, yeah, no, that's not normal. And I'm like, Oh, I've been so scammed. Yeah. So my thought has always been that at least decorations wise, this should be split between the bridesmaids because like if I'm not in the wedding party, like no offense, but I don't, nobody really gives a fuck about the decorations except for the bride. Right. Like, and that's trying to make their experience better. So I just feel like it should be the bridesmaids who contribute and all the other people who are invited, like they should just show up and have a good time. Like, I don't think that they should be responsible for paying for anything for the bride and they should not be responsible for decor. That's just my personal opinion. But like you've said, like you've done it differently with the parties that Mm -hmm. you've been to. So, and there's not like a one rule fits all for these kinds of things, but I just feel like if you're inviting like additional people to the part, to the weekend with you that are not in the bridal party, party, like they shouldn't be expected to pay for that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's actually caused issues in one of the bachelorette parties I was in because a couple of the girls who weren't uh, bridesmaids were roped into spending like $1,500 at this bachelorette party and then got really upset about it. And I don't really blame them. Like Mm -hmm. they did not technically sign up for all of this. So right. I really feel strongly about like the people who are invited that are not in the bridal party should just show up and have to plan literally nothing about the trip. Like just be told what the costs were and what the activities were doing and not be involved in the planning phase at all. Like you should have a separate bridesmaids maid of honor chat where you guys plan everything. And then those, those people and the bride just show up. I think it's absurd though, that you've been to parties where the bride has everything paid for, because that has not been the case with the ones that I've been to. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's acceptable to pay for like some things. Like if you want to, as a gift to the bride yourself, like let's say, I think initially it should be expected that they pay for everything themselves, like getting themselves there, the Airbnb, the activities, whatever. And then if you as an individual want to offer to pay for something for them or like collectively as bridesmaids, then I think that that's awesome. But I don't think that it should be Mm -hmm. expected as a bride to have everything paid for. Yeah. And then you also have to get like gifts or lingerie or whatever, And that's just another added expense. And can I just go off real quick about a trend that I'm really hating right now is seeing all of these people post the bride's Venmo and say, buy the bride a drink. You know how many drinks I've bought for brides in my lifetime? Mm -hmm. Like I've spent enough money. I don't know this girl. Like Mm -hmm. even if we're acquaintances, don't ask me to cover what you think should be covered. You know, like- Obviously, they're not holding a gun to my head, but I, it just like gets to me every time I see buy the bride a drink. I'm like, no, that's your job. I feel very strongly about all of it. (laughs) I mean, I will never Venmo somebody money like that for a bachelorette party, but if you want to go and do that, like go for it. But that's, that's not going to be me either. (laughs) I mean, I'm seeing people every day post on Facebook, my bachelorette party is coming up, buy me a drink and post their Venmo QR code. Okay. So I've got to shout out my um, friend whose party I was in earlier this year. She gave us all gifts when we arrived to the bachelorette party. And so she like brought them and bought them herself and gave us all gifts for arriving there, which I thought was super cute and nice. And I've never heard of that happening before that the bride actually bought gifts. Yeah. Usually for all of the ones I've been in, it's been the maid of honor has put together little gift bags with, you know, the bride squad t-shirts and koozies and whatnot. 
Yeah, I thought that it was super cute that the bride actually bought the stuff because I'm like, okay, this is like super nice of her to, you know, kind of show like an appreciation for flying all the way out here and coming on this trip. So yeah, that is really sweet. If you're getting married, you should think about doing that. I'm going to keep that in mind because I do want to score points with my bridal party when the day comes. (laughs) But then if they complain, I'll be like, take a look at my spreadsheet. No, I mean, it's a lot of responsibility for a maid of honor because they're expected usually to throw the bridal shower or at least spend the majority of the money that the bridal shower costs and then also expected to do the gifts for the bachelorette party and all of the planning and whatnot. So they are eating up like a lot more costs than any of the other bridal party members. So I, I just think that relieving them of like that one financial responsibility of doing the gifts for the whole group, I feel like is a really sweet gesture. Yeah. And at this point I can confidently say that there are only three people left that I would agree to be a bridesmaid for. And one of those is my sister and the other two are two of my best friends. Um, so I'm just at the point where I'm like, I've done it. I've, I've seen it all. I've, paid for it all. I'm good. There's no one else that I really am I still have like with. a handful of maybe like three people that I'm like might still be in their weddings. Right. Yeah. We're still friends. So yeah, that's just an incentive to have less friends at this point. I'm good with yeah. my tiny little group of girls who 80% of them are married. Right. <laughs> Aside from the bachelorette parties, there's also those showers, the engagement parties, all of that stuff. Now I'm seeing a lot of people do multiple showers. Do you have any thoughts on that? Because you know I do. I don't think I've seen multiple showers before. So no, I don't really have thoughts on that. I do feel like we could have the conversation about like who's responsible for the shower as well. Because that has been like everybody that I've talked to has been like, oh, I thought the the parents were respons- like the mom of the bride was responsible or I thought like the two moms together of the bride and groom were responsible or I thought the maid of honor paid for it all or I thought the bridesmaids paid for it all so I feel like there's so much confusion with that as well and like I mean it's probably just different for every party but yeah I'm curious like if you if you are expecting like the maid of honor or the bridesmaids to pay for it then like you know obviously try and do it as cheap as possible if yeah. you can I don't know. I don't really see bridal showers though, like getting really out of hand personally. Um, I think that they've all been done like, you know, as affordable as possible, especially if you don't have access to like somebody in your family who has it like a really nice house to host one at Mm -hmm. and you have to like rent some other place out. Um, I feel like that's okay. Yeah. Who do you think should be responsible for paying for a majority of it? I don't know. (laughs) Because honestly, everyone that I've been to, it's been pretty different. Like one, all of the aunts and the mother of the bride paid for another. It was just the parents of the bride. Another, it was all of us bridesmaids. Right. So it's really varied. I don't know that there's like really – I don't feel like I have like a strong opinion about who should pay for it. Like if – I guess maybe I'm just saying this because the bridesmaids paid for mine, but I would be okay with paying for a bridal shower for a bride because they're usually not that expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I usually guess usually being the keyword. Yeah, I guess it depends on like where it's at and everything, but usually like you can get away with doing a bridal shower between like fifty and like a hundred dollars a person, like maybe even yeah. less than that. Like, I don't know. Like, do you know how much you guys spent on mine? Well, I'm sure I can pull up the spreadsheet, but oh, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I think it was under $75. Okay. So we really only paid for, I, I want to say. So it was I know, I know for a fact that my sister who was my maid of honor paid a few hundred dollars and then she just asked the bridesmaids to split like whatever was left over something like that. And we, yeah. kinda, we did that for the most recent bridal shower that I went to as well. Like the bridesmaids just chipped in like 50 bucks or something like that. And then the maid of honor spent a few hundred herself. That's kind of what I'm used to. Um, But I do think that it's obviously if like you're, 
if the bride's mom or aunts or whatever like want to pay for it, then like that's freaking sweet. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally always, take them up on that. <laughs> yeah, that's always a really nice gesture, and it relieves a little bit of the stress from the bridesmaids too, because there's a lot of planning otherwise that they're in charge of. I know someone who had a work bridal shower, and then a, a bridal shower. No, absolutely not. (laughs) The work bridal shower was thrown for her. That was not her choice. But then she had a bridal shower for her side of the family and a separate one for his side of the family. But the bridesmaids were expected to go to both. Wow. Pick one. Pick one. Don't accept the same people. So they had to buy two gifts? Yeah. Well, no. Uh, I don't know. But... Well, they I mean, just have to, but then you would feel weird like showing up empty handed. Right. Like, what watch or open gifts from everybody else. Right. Yeah. So don't expect the same people to go to multiple events that are essentially the same thing. Like, so I was trying crazy. to think in my mind, like maybe it would be acceptable to do two if you had like your families living like across the country from each other. But now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even think that that there's an instance where two would be okay because it honestly, the bridal shower is not that big of a deal in my mind. Like I just think they're stupid. You know, <laughs> now that I think about it, I just think they're freaking stupid. Like why, well, why do they exist? Like here's ship the-, the gift to somebody's house. Yeah. Here's the thing. They were created originally back when men and women did not live together before marriage and they were combining their homes and they previously were living with their parents. So they didn't have any of the things that you need to and, fill and your before, home with. Before like bachelorette parties were a big deal, like the bridal shower was probably a bigger deal back yeah. then to like gather all your family around together. So that's probably that was probably like the party where everybody celebrated the bride and whatnot was at the bridal shower and not the bachelor party. Yeah. But now it's like for Nate and I, for instance, we both have everything we need for a home. Like, could I use a new set of towels? Yes. But do I need to put $700 sheets on my registry? No. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Like, it's crazy to me. Who do you think is going to pitch in for that? I do think one of the things that I've seen recently, my cousin and his wife, they did this. They had very few gifts on their registry and they had a honeymoon fund on it. Mm. And I love that idea because I would much rather have the money go towards an experience Mm -hmm. like that. They had their honeymoon like pretty much paid for. Yeah. I, I like that. I've seen that a lot too recently on the weddings that I've been going to is on the registry is just the honeymoon fund. So yeah, totally makes sense if you're living together. Like you don't, you really don't need like a Vitamix and you know, all these crazy things. Yeah. The $400, $500 espresso machines. Like yeah. Or like a grill. Like I've seen a grill before <laughs> on a registry. I'm like, who is buying this for you? <laughs> like your mother and father can get that for you. Well, don't expect... Yeah. Actually, you know, maybe maybe it's on there so that they get the discount so that they can buy it themselves after the wedding's over. Because we did that with a few items. I was like, well, nobody's probably going to buy this like $100 frying pan for us. So we'll just put it on there so then we can buy it ourselves and get the 20% off afterwards. Okay. I did not know that they got a discount. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it depends on who you make the registry with, but a lot of them give you like 20% off of your registry items of everything that has not been purchased after the wedding's over. Oh, see that changes things. Cause I yeah. would just go around and add everything to my list. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, if, when you get married, like still make a registry and put a bunch of stuff on there that you need, don't put like, you know, stupid stuff on there. Like, you know, like a, garlic press or whatever. (laughs) People will buy whatever you put on there. Like, I'm not kidding. I had some things bought and I was like, oh, I didn't think somebody was going to buy that. And now we have it and I have regrets for putting it on the list. (laughs) I was going to say, how many times have you used it? Oh, well, I, no, we didn't have a garlic press on there, but we have a garlic mincer right now and it's great like it's a little twisty thingy like you put it in the compartment and then you twist it and it minces the garlic i love it highly recommend (laughs) that's great add it to your registry hot tip another myth i want to debunk for being a bridesmaid is there is a 99 percent chance that you are not going to wear that dress again so when the bride says well you can shorten it and wear it again or you can wear it to a formal event 
you're not going to. Like, no. Can we stop with the $400 dresses? I'm so over that. You know, I actually might be able to wear my bridesmaid's dress again that I was just in because. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I take it off. Okay. Okay. Well, I am an exception to this rule because I live in New Orleans, but we have balls down here during Mardi Gras time and you actually have to wear floor length gowns to these balls. So I was actually thinking like, Hey, I might be able to wear this bridesmaid dress again to this ball. Okay. But if you don't live in New Orleans, you will never wear that this bridesmaid very, dress again. Very specific circumstance. It's a very niche circumstance. <laughs> um, yeah. I remember being a part of a uh, bridal party and my dress was $350. Oh, that is it crazy. Was, it was a lot. A couple days later, I go on Lulu's just like browsing at their bridesmaid dresses and I found literally an identical dress for $85. So I would just like to give a PSA to the brides that it would really be helpful. I know you have a vision for your party and your photos, but just kind of price check, browse around. Like you may find the exact same thing that you want your bridal party to wear on Lulu's for $75. And then they won't feel bad when they throw it away after, you know? Yeah. So I think um, coming from the bride's perspective, it's a little bit difficult to trust an online service like that because you can't feel or see it in person. And if you did order them, they don't come in until weeks and weeks later. You have people try them on. You're, the fabric's like not exactly what you envisioned. Um, then you're kind of screwed, right? So you're kind of like taking a chance by buying dresses online. I think that's why a lot of people end up just doing like the more expensive ones because you can actually go to the bridal shop and feel the dress and have somebody try it on for you and see the actual color in real life because the color also is like something that would be really scary purchasing online. That's fair. But why can't you just order one and then return it? You know, to see um, all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Someone could totally do that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's just coming from a bitter bridesmaid. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of really good websites out there nowadays, like especially in the last couple of years. Birdie Gray and Azazi, I think are like the two most popular ones. I, you know what I love is when people do like the different types of dresses or like Mm -hmm. the different colors for their bridesmaids and just give people a website and be like, Hey, I want you to get like a blue dress. Like, I don't care what shade it is, like whatever, just like go wild. And then they give them the website link. Like I love that because everybody looks so different in different styles of dresses. And I also appreciate when the brides are like, just wear any nude heel, like nude strappy heel, because Chances are Wait, you have, have you had people have you had people like give you a specific shoe? Oh what? yes. And okay, it's... nobody is gonna see the shoe. If you're a bride listening to this, literally nobody is gonna see your bridesmaid's shoes. Like just tell them to wear whatever the F they want. Okay, you're gonna die. I so for my cousin's wedding, um, hers was in like the middle of September, I think. So I wore this like dressy flat sandal that was like 18 bucks. For the wedding I was in the year after, the bride also recommended that we wear a dressy flat sandal. So I sent her a picture of the one I wore previously for my cousin's wedding and said, is this okay? She said, no, it's not enough silver. And I was like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. (laughs) I lost my mind. And the only shoes she approved were $50 sandals that I've, I've thrown in the back of my closet. Oh, God. I can't speak from a bride's perspective. I haven't been there. It sounds sh- like you've had a lot more bridezillas than I've had. Totally. And I'm sure I'll lose my mind a little bit when the time comes for me to get married. But I would like to think that I will be a little bit more lenient on the amount of rhinestones a girl has I on mean, her I, shoe. I think if you've gone through it before, then you're definitely a little more cognizant of like what the bridesmaids have to go through. I think the bridezillas typically come from people who haven't been in a wedding before. Yeah, I agree with that. I feel like we could talk on and on about this topic. Yeah, but... we could go on for days, but... But we um, should probably wrap this up. It's been like 50 minutes now. Yeah. I don't think we have much to cut out either. 
Hopefully. Yes. I don't know. I'll probably listen back and regret half the things I said because I'm going to offend some of my friends. But Right. I mean, I think overall the lesson learned or I'm like maybe the thing that we want people to know getting married is like just try understand. We understand that this is like your experience and like you want to have the best time possible, but like just try to be aware of the financial responsibility that you're putting on all of these other people, like just for your wedding. Yeah. Like try to keep in mind that not everyone is in the same financial place as you. A couple of the times when I was being asked to be a bridesmaid, I was making like $45,000 a year. Like I had like no disposable income to spend on $350 dresses. So it can be really tough on some people. And I understand the option to say no is always there, but that comes with a lot of but guilt. But it's like really not there. <laughs> it's really not. Um, yeah. So, you know, just keep that in mind for your bridal party. Try to try to go easy on them. Try to be flexible. And I understand as a bride, that's probably very hard because you do have a vision of what each event and your big day is going to look like. If you are doing some sort of destination bachelorette party, like try to, um, A, make it a place that nobody in that group has gone before to make it like more enticing for people to want to spend money on the flight. Yeah, stop and- going to Scottsdale, Arizona. Like we're done with that. <laughs> Scottsdale and Nashville. We're done with it. Oh, Nashville's a good one. Like everybody wants to go to freaking Nashville. Well, I think people have kind of moved on from that. But I feel like lately the ones are like Scottsdale, Austin, maybe Miami. Like I don't yeah. know. What are some other common ones? Charleston was big a few years ago. I went there. Yeah. Charleston was really big. Um, Florida, New Orleans, New Orleans is really big, but you guys definitely come down here because it will be the most fun you've ever had in your life. Ask Michelle for all the tips on your New Orleans bachelorette party. Yes. Don't stay on Bourbon Street. Okay. PSA, do not stay on Bourbon Street. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, you know, come to Columbus, Ohio. It will be a very mediocre time for you. You'll be bored to tears, (laughs) but you won't spend nearly as much money. (laughs) All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up here. Um, I'm really hoping to not be a bridesmaid for at least another year. So in the meantime, I'll be planning more trips with everyone listening to this is going to be like, wow, I'm not asking Alexa or Michelle (laughs) to be a bridesmaid anytime soon. Good. There are three people that I would say yes to. And I think they probably know who they are. So for you guys, I'll do anything. Well, thanks for listening to us rant about being a bridesmaid. Um, Yeah. Hopefully Hopefully. we didn't come off super negative. I mean, (laughs) we still love you guys. I still love all the bachelorette parties that I've been to. You guys are amazing people. Still love you. Yeah. I mean, chances are like, majority of the time I would do it all again. There's one case I probably wouldn't, but (laughs) um, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully this was relatable to uh, the women. And if you're a male listening, just be thankful. All right. You know, the drill rate review, subscribe, share on your Instagram story, send to your friends. If uh, your friend just got engaged, maybe send this episode to her. As a little PSA. Yes. <laughs> yeah, be like, um, hey, so I know you just got married, but um, maybe you should give this a little listen. <laughs> I love it. Very passive aggressive. That's right up my alley. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. <laughs>